The Merriam-Webster defines identity as the qualities, beliefs, etc., that make a particular person or group different from others. Now, these qualities are what makes identity relevant to the concept of security. Digital transformation and the increasing reliance on remote business continue to accelerate the adoption of new approaches for securing an individual's identity and his or her rights to access information and systems, particularly in the cloud. Now, IT leaders, for their part, face new business demands that require digital trust across every interaction and channel and the imperative for 2022, according to Gartner, is the need to empower IAM teams to support ongoing change driven by the evolution of technology, best practices, and change in organizational priorities, user expectations, and opportunities and threats. In today's podcast for Future CISO, we are joined by Jeffrey Koch, Vice President of Solution Engineer for Asia Pacific and Japan at CyberArk. Jeffrey, welcome to Podcast for Future CISO. Thanks for having me, Alan. It's a pleasure. So let's go back to some basics first for this. Exactly what is identity security? Now, so as you introduced earlier, every person in accessing into every application, every computer, every device exists as a form of identity. Now, this identity can be posed by your normal workforce or your day-to-day workers, can be by your administrators, your IT privileged users, it can be by your vendors or even by your machines. Because when machines talk to each other, when machines talk to databases or to other users, they require identities too. So they are non human identities or even identities for what we call workload. And then you also have your third party, right? Your vendors and, uh, you know, even your what we call the RPA, robotic process automation, where you have not real humans, but robots that are actually performing functions like humans to facilitate automation. So the idea around identity security is to provide a holistic, a whole comprehensive mechanism, if you will, or platform whereby you want to secure all of these identities that we just covered, right? Using a consistent way to manage all the identity controls like authentication, authorization, audit, uh, lifecycle, and potentially even governance for all their access to all the workloads and targets that they have. So this way, organizations, whether they are moving to the cloud or they are moving back from the cloud or anything in between uh, in the hybrid world, that you can have the same consistent platform of identity security to secure all of these identities to all the assets. Let me ask you this, and this is me as an observer in the market. Now, IT security itself has been around for decades, at least as far as we know. Now, why is the term identity security itself, that word, identity security, I've not really heard of it until more recently. First of all, IT security started probably in, a, in 20, 20 plus years ago, right? In the late 1990s, where the first firewall and all this came out. As time evolved, identity is seen as more and more important. I think in the early 2000s, everyone would use the term IAM, identity and access management. So let's focus on really just uh, simple things like provisioning, letting all the users to create the identities in the application that they are supposed to have access to, right? That's where Active Directory was born, right? In the early 2000s. But over time, what they realized was uh, IAM itself is insufficient to address the needs of the modern enterprise. As organizations adopt digital transformation, as they go into the cloud, the number of identities exploded. A lot of times in the past, you probably have just one identity into your Windows machine and maybe a few application accounts. But today, based on our latest research, uh, every user on average have anywhere between 35 to 45 identities. And every one of these become a risk to the organization 
organization. And the solution, right, the traditional IAM was most organizations take a legacy or traditional silo approach, right? I buy an MFA solution and the MFA is used for maybe one or two applications, usually VPN and maybe sometimes the desktop. But a lot of applications, they're not really enforced, right? And likewise, they have SSO, signal sign on, which address some applications, but not all applications and not all use cases. When it comes into lifecycle, some things are manually provisioned, some things are, are not. So I think about this, all these are being siloed. So there's a lot of inefficiency, operational challenges. As a result, uh, it's not giving organizations what they need. So when the term identity security was coined, the idea is to take the holistic approach to encompass all of these identity requirements into one single platform so that you have a single consistent way to define all the requirements across all the different identities to all the different assets. So that makes it easier for organization to take the approach. And what's important is not just taking the siloed solution and try to piece them together or bolt them together. The idea is to have them built from the ground up with the intention of securing the, using the assumed breach mentality. That means if a bad guy is going to come in, how do I use identity security as a platform, as an effective risk mitigation mechanism, right, to defend against these threats? And typically, identity security will be built on the principles of zero trust and list privilege. But because it is built as an entire platform, it makes it easy for organization to roll out and to consume. Correct me if I'm wrong, I've been dealing with uh, identity security probably in the last couple of years, on, uh, the term uh, identity security only in the last couple of years. And for the most part, when I mention the word identity security to professionals, not just IT, but a lot of other professionals within the C-suites, most of them will say, well, we already have identity access management. That for us is identity security. Well, what is wrong with this perception of uh, identity access management or IAM is equal to identity security? Thanks, Alan. So I will equate to say, just imagine, use an analogy, having IAM is like having a phone that's a Nokia. And then today, right, when you say it, having a phone, right, using identity security, is like having a modern day iPhone or Android. So while they are both technically phones, they are both technically have the word identity and access in there, but the objective and the outcome, the user experience, the value proposition is significantly different using the analogy. Take for example, using the same earlier examples that I mentioned, let's say if you have the components of IAM, but they are disparate. Let's say you have MFA from vendor A, you have you know a privilege access management from vendor B, and then you have maybe an IGA, right? Identity Governance Administration 2 from vendor C. Now, when you try to tie them in together because they are inherently separated, there's only that much value you can get out of it. And you can't cover everything from end to end from an entire life cycle. However, if you take an identity security approach, then we are looking in totality, all of these coming together as a single platform platform so that you can, one, when you define what a user have and what it can access to, you can get visibility across the entire usage and all the different use cases you can easily report on and you can easily integrate right with all the other solutions that the enterprise have. For example, like the SOA, right, the security orchestration automation and response to the EDR, XDR2, so that you get actually more out of all this investment into identity security platform. So in essence, 
yes, the traditional IM is a good start. I think it sets the groundwork for organization to take the next step into identity security to get more return out of these uh, investments. Just like if you have a mobile phone, right? A Nokia phone is a lot easier to change into an iPhone or modern Android, right? Just drop in the SIM card. And then with the new app store, you got a lot more uh, return out of it. You mentioned earlier that it's highly likely an organization will have different security solutions in place. Edge security, multi-factor identification, firewalls, different different brands altogether. The question I have for you is if, if I decided I'm going to deploy an identity security strategy that would ideally protect us end to end, what would be a best practice strategy for me? Is it I take everything from one single vendor because I know these little different products that I have may not necessarily work very well with each other so there's some holes somewhere in there or the other thing is i'll take best of breed and bring in all the pieces that can work together seamlessly and hopefully they will fulfill the promise of identity security so I, I would say first thing, the identity security itself uh, doesn't require you to take everything from a single vendor. In, in fact, I don't think there's a single vendor out there that actually has everything uh, built in. First of all, let's start with the platform, which is I, I need to have a central place where I can define where all the definitions and where all the components can then be potentially interchangeable. So for example, if you have a common platform and I can have multiple type of MFA, I can have maybe for all my workforce to, to use a brand X of say uh, USB devices for PK authentication and I can have external vendors using a different say OTP token, right? Or even mobile phone. So we, we can have different mechanism. It's not having to tie into a single one, but having a common platform where I can define and choose all the different type of authentication factors of authentication, but the way I define what these type of users have access to and how do I secure them to all the different use cases, right? Whether is a single sign-on to a web-based application or logging into a Windows server, a Linux server, or into the cloud. So these access mechanism uh, needs to be provided by a common platform. Now from there, of course, from the server, they can access other things, likewise a firewall. So by having a common platform, organizations can basically set a common rules, but they can plug and play and mix and match the downstream targets or assets that you want to use. So you might have brand X of uh, firewall in uh, one location, and why in a different location? It doesn't matter because if I can secure the identity true and true, I can monitor, I can analyze all the activities that this user have. Then what device they use for MFA can be defined based on the role and the platform needs to be flexible enough to facilitate that. So I think a large part of what will set up organizations into the future is you know adopting these, I would say, more next generation identity security platforms where you will be able to define a lot more use case and have better integrations right with all the different other technology vendors and you can expand very quickly right between the for example the hybrid or work models right you can quickly expand if any of these users they are normal users today but five minutes later they are going to be a privileged user or privileged identity and be able to switch in between and be adaptable so the whole idea of identity security platform is not to be static right like this person everything that he does would always be privileged he doesn't right he can be you know in the morning, the first two hours doing 
doing a normal user activity, right? IAM will recognize and observe him as such. But the moment he turned into a privileged user, he's going to access a critical application or system. Then you want things like session recording. You want, uh, you know, better audit. You want the, uh, the ability for your platform to adapt to the users based on their risks and their needs and be able to adapt the security posture of the platform, right, in response to that. So if something becomes weird, like, for example, if the user start doing something off, you know, halfway through, it might have been a stolen identity halfway through his work. And then we should be able to have the ability to identify these anomalies, we'll flag it out and give the organizations way to, for the user to further prove himself that he's still the right user, right? That his identity was just stolen midstream. Or for us to basically uh, use other, for a four eyes concept, right? For for his manager or the security team to come in to see, all right, you are now in a high risk area. Let's look at what you're doing. Are you still who you say you are? And are you doing something that the organization is expecting you to do? So these are what the identity security platform will be able to provide. And it is a much more modern approach to adapting the use cases rather than traditional, more static way of how technology works and to be able to make it more a better user experience for the users that are consuming the technology. Are all identity security platforms equal? How do I determine that this identity security platform presented to me is the right one for my organization? First thing is the organization need to understand their needs, understand what is out there in the market. I would say anything that is has been on-premise for the last uh, 10, 15 years is probably not going to be able to address all these uh, requirements. Uh, most of the identity security platforms, uh, like the one provided by CyberArk and our peers, they're usually quite modern. A lot of them are born in the cloud and they have a lot of capabilities that are available assessed. I would say that will be one of the first telltale sign. But more importantly, I think organizations should, uh, you know, when they look at these identity security platforms, they should really consider, number one, if I go into this uh, platform or program, how is it going to reduce my organizational risk? How is it going to improve my operational efficiency? How is it going to streamline all my compliance and audit efforts, right? How does it help my digital transformation? Because that's the outcome or the goal of the identity security platform program. If it can't help you reduce risk, if it can't help you you improve your operation efficiency right, or make it easier to comply to regulations, then this identity security platform probably isn't the right one for you. For a CISO looking at identity security platforms, what should that executive bear in mind as it relates to an, perhaps an organization's overall uh, security strategy or practice? For the CISO, right, we should look at how would this identity security platform help to further protect, right, my identity and my privileged users and activities. That's probably the first thing because ultimately that's what the platform is there for. So it should be significant improvement over whatever they have today. So you know, one is how is it improving the protection, right, of the identities, and how is it reducing the risk of these, you know, when it's fully adopted. Another consideration would be how would identity security help the organization, right, meet their business objectives. For example, you know, digital transformation. How would this help them? How does it reduce their risk or improve their operational uh, efficiency? But last but not least, I would say, how would this help the organization be more resilient against the cyber threats? So whether it's ransomware, whether it is a targeted uh, attack or even an uh, insider threat. So an effective identity security program should be able to effectively able to demonstrate that the organization organization can reduce the risk in all these areas. Jeffrey, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Futures as CISO. Thank you, Ellen. It's been a great pleasure.
That was Jeffrey Koch, Vice President of Solution Engineer Asia Pacific and Japan for CyberArt on the topic of Fundamentals of Identity Security. You are listening into podcasts for future CISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CISO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CISO. Bye for now. Thank you.